You're listening to the God Stories Radio Podcast with Mike, Fritz, and Tina. Listen to us live on the Mixler app. Also, be sure to follow us on iHeartRadio and you will never miss an episode. Session 236. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. What's going on, guys? Thursday night. Thursday night. Right here under the lights. We made it. In the studio. We made it. <laughs> yes, we did. Amongst the chaos of all the coronavirus going on out there, it, it is great to be here bringing some hope and encouragement. Absolutely. And one thing I would definitely like to say about that is that remember who your master is. Because the Lord is your master. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, the coronavirus hasn't got anything on him. Nope. No. So I, I really, I really feel sad for folks that don't have Jesus because if you don't, you know that ten can, of, you know, ten cans of Lysol is all you got. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to them in Lowe's today, and congratulations. <laughs> well, you know, obviously you want to be smart, and if you're not um, a high risk, then I don't think that there's any reason for panic. But no, uh, but continue to do what you need to do to stay to stay healthy. And clean, you yes. know, wash your hands and so on and so forth. Yeah, it's a common sense thing. Absolutely. You know, don't wash your hands, don't touch your face. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. It, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I've been told is that the hand sanitizer really, it'll kill it, but it won't get rid of it. No. Oh, you, that's interesting. It's I the, didn't know it's that. It's something that soap. adheres to your, it's the soap. The soap that kills it. That's yeah. Why, soap and water. Soap and water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What's I'm a big on? fan of soap, of, Me soap too. and water. <laughs> I, I have become a big fan of soap and water if I wasn't already. Yes. <laughs> What's going on over there, Mikey? Well, then also just say too that that uh, that you mentioned Lysol. If you read the the can, it mentions the coronavirus on it. I know, right? Yeah. Does it really? I didn't yes, realize it does. that. I mean, did they know about this beforehand, or are well, we the last to find out, or what? So, it's coronavirus been has been around for for a very long time. It's nothing new, but but COVID nineteen is a different. different. Strain, yeah. Right. So, it's really the COVID nineteen causing a strain on me. Causing <laughs> <laughs> a strain on a lot of people. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's yeah, the we... COVID nineteen that everybody needs to be cautious about. Yeah. Well, all right. Chances are you've already had the coronavirus. You know, that's probably the, that's the truth. 
I know so it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because obviously the Dow's been dropping as well. Oh my goodness, yes. Spiraling kind of out of control. Because of it, yes. Yes. So, um, and obviously- He was saying that the Disney stock is under $100 right now, like the first time in history or has it been In a that long little, time. Yeah. Yeah, in a long time. But um, I, you know, again, everybody's kind of panicking- and even the government is trying to put measurements in to protect businesses, to protect uh, um, people as far as, you know, potential earnings losses and so sure. forth. But I'm just saying don't get swept up in the panic. You know, I mean, those kind of agencies have to move now because they're so large in order to be effective in case something does happen. You know, they need to start moving now. But I don't think that there's any cause for panic no. and I, I'm seeing I a lot of so. panic, you know, which is, is sad because we don't want to live our lives that way. No, we're not called to live our lives that way. No, we're not No. Yeah. But enough about Corona. Really? No, that's COVID. right. Yeah, that's right. We got some hope and encouragement up in here. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any new Facebook likes and or countries? We have a new country. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on. So country number 109. 109. We'd like to welcome Ghana. 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 Wow. In Africa, that yes. That is fantastic. Yes, it is. Thank We're, you for all those listeners out there in Ghana. Yes. Thank you so much for um, being listeners of God Stories Radio. We really hope that you will help to spread the word about us and let your friends and family know to listen and tune in. And if you haven't liked us on Facebook yet, and you can do it, please do so, and you can become part of the GSR family. Absolutely. Fantastic. Get your name shouted out on the internet way. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and then, like you said a, a couple of podcasts ago, it's probably one of the only times we'll really get to address you by name and say hello and welcome you. Yeah. And we love to do that. Yeah. We just do. It's just a personal touch, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So All right. Who we got in the studio tonight, babe? I am so stoked to have this gentleman here tonight. We've been talking about it and bouncing the ball back and forth for quite some time. He's very busy. Uh, not only is he the director of contemporary music at First United Methodist Church, but he plays in two or three different bands, produces music in his studio. Uh, the list goes on and on and on, and I can't say enough good about this gentleman. I'm so glad that... Uh, Melissa let us borrow him tonight, <laughs> and uh, he could get out of his uh, his duties uh, for at least night, one night to hang out with us. So I just want to welcome uh, not only just a, a great musician, companion, and, and friend, he's just he's just wonderful all around, and I'm, I'm so uh, honored to have this, this individual in my life, and I just uh, want to welcome Mr. Mike Lohman oh, to the show. Really? <laughs> He's embarrassing me. Do I have to pay for that? I thought you already did. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Fritz. Thank you. It's it, so nice to have you here, Mike. Yes, thank this, you. this is really cool. I, I've heard a lot about this, and uh, I, and I am pretty busy. And uh, so this week just happened to open up right on time, and uh, the, the kids are having a lock-in, and so I had to drop off my teenager for the lock-in, and and I made it over here on time, and I beat you here. I know you did. <laughs> you beat you Mr. Did. Coffee here. 
Yeah. He's usually prompt at seven for his coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess <laughs> I was creature of habit. nervous, so I get there early, you know. I'm one of those first guys I get it. at the show. I get it. Yeah, you... <laughs> He wanted to go across the street last night and talk about it. I said, no, it's going to be all right. <laughs> You're going to be okay. Well, we have two mics in the studio. Yes, we do. So I'm going to refer to you, Mike, as Mike. And okay. I'm going to refer to our co-host, Mikey, mm. as Mikey. Okay. So, so well, the listeners to the ge- don't get To the confused. general public as Mikey. Yeah, as, persona. as of late, yes. I, I never liked that, really didn't, especially for that Mikey commercial that I was growing up. <laughs> oh, Mikey <laughs> yeah, likes I it. remember yeah. that, too. Yeah, but, uh, you know, as of late in the last couple of years, everybody just seems to have gone to Mikey. So yeah, I'm unfortunately, kinda... I'm old enough to remember that commercial. <laughs> I remember it, too. You do? I do. Oh, stop it. She saw the reruns. That, that's, that's what happened. No you doubt guys about are being that. kind. I appreciate it. You bet. I'll take it. <laughs> well, Mike, take us uh, from the beginning. I know a little bit about your story. I definitely want you to touch on one aspect is 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 the lightning portion of your testimony. But just kind of take us from the beginning and give us a little background about how you how you came up and where you were raised. A little bit like that, and just take us from A to Z. Well, born in upstate New York. Ah, and uh, it's beautiful up there. It is. It's beautiful up there. It's uh, halfway between Rochester and Syracuse. Binghamton. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's just on the Finger Lakes, right on the great big lake of Geneva. And it's a, a very little tiny town. But because my uh, my grandfather, Coach Loman, Jim Loman, was a very famous coach. He coached uh, at Hobart William Smith College. Wow. And uh, they they beat everybody. They had a really really good teams. Um, they actually had uh, the house he was born in was part of the campus, and it was all redone. And it was called the Loman House. and And the football field for the high school was Jim Loman Field. So oh, wow. wherever I went, as soon as I said, "What's your name?" I said, "Mike Loman." They say, oh, "Do you know the coach?" And I would say, "Oh, that's my grandfather." Instant friends. So now I'm Mr. Popular. <laughs> Fantastic, but we start. I started off in um, in Catholic school as a little kid, and uh, and I think that's because my mother went her whole life to Catholic school, and uh, and wanted to do the same things with us. So we did start off at Catholic school, and um, and then did a lot of moving around for a while. I remember uh, my older brother telling me that I went to five different elementary schools because we kept moving around and we'd move up to Rochester to get a job and then move down to Dresden to get a job and then move over to Seneca Falls or any of these little towns around there to just get different jobs and stuff like that. And um, so once we did settle down in Geneva in this small apartment and I went, it was kind of, being at the church and hearing the boys choir and hearing the nuns singing and hearing the, the B3 going. And uh, I remember sitting there once, I can't remember what song they were doing, but I remember sitting there once and, and getting this little nudge like, hey, you should you should go do that. And so I was in um, a regular uh, school at the time. And so I went to uh, talk to the 
the music director there that played the organ. And he said, well, do you go to the school? And I said, no. He goes, well, the, the boys' choir is only for the boys that go to the school. So I went home to my parents and asked my parents if I could go to the school. And, and they said, well, I don't know if we can do that. There's a tuition there, and I'm not really sure. But But then my mom said that my dad used to be a janitor at the high school, so he kind of had an in with Father Nolan, who ran the whole thing. So I ended up going to the school for sixth grade and got in the choir. Oh, wow. And it was it was fun. It was a little bit different. And uh, Was this the birth of the B3 career? It could have been the birth <laughs> of the B3. Yeah. Now, he, he didn't have a Leslie speaker with it. He just had that big square box. Right. Okay. But I remember sneaking in there playing that organ a few times. <laughs> And then uh, went on to high school. And, uh, of course, you know, you start your first band at 14 and get with a bunch of your friends and get going. And and then uh, later in life, I, I ended up getting with some really talented musicians and thought that we might be able to actually do something. And we got a couple um, auditions at a few places. Didn't go as good as they could have gone. We weren't really prepared enough. And we, we found out as we got older that... Uh, not anybody can be a rock star. I mean, it takes a certain person with a, a lot of devotion, and you got to really craft your instrument. And that's why True everybody's statement. not a rock star. Yep, that's right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we went back to the drawing board and worked really, really hard, added some people to the band, got a record deal, put a record out, and hey, I'm a rock star now. <laughs> it was fun. We, uh, <laughs> You know, we were just in our local area, but a lot of people said that we, you know, we were one of the best bands at upstate New York. Well, just and to say that you had a record deal back yeah. in those days, you were somebody. Yeah, you, to you, get the record deal. It was, uh, you bet. And uh, it was on uh, all platinum records, which we, it was actually owned by Sylvia and oh, wow. her husband. And it was in New Jersey, very, very nice studio. And uh, there was another band in there recording the day we got there. And they were called Brother to Brother, a white guy and a black guy. And uh, very interesting music that these guys put together. It was like uh, hard rock guitar and funky bass and drums. So it was pretty cool. I'd have loved it. It was. It was cool. What was the name of your band, Mike? Uh, the name of the band was Mother Freedom. And uh, still got the record. I've got a digital version of it now. And um, we, uh, we found out about two years ago that JC, Jay-Z, the rapper, uh, he took two samples off of our album and put it on his album. Wow. So that was pretty cool. And uh, he said that we were uh, one of the, one of the true funk bands, you know, like Can oh, Function wow. or Daz Band or mm -hmm. bands wow. like that that really played funk. Oh. So then along came disco. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And they said, well, you guys got to play some disco. And we're like, we don't want to play disco. We're a funk band. I said, well, if you want to be here next Saturday night, you better be playing some disco. So that started tearing the band apart. You know how that goes. Because people don't want to do it. They want to be true to what they're well, doing. Sure. But then you start losing gigs because, what, you don't play Bee Gees music? So we right. didn't want to do that. And and uh, and so the band started, you know, pulling apart and people were doing different things and and the weather was just, it, it was the storm of 78. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, yeah. Okay. I was in it up to my hips. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Literally. <laughs> it was huh? so bad. Well, we had come down on tour, and we played uh, Fort Lauderdale. We played Melbourne. We played Daytona Beach. 
and it was the most beautiful place I'd ever seen in my life. You ever play the Elbow Room down there in Fort Lauderdale? I did not. The Button South. The Button. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was playing in those two places before I was old enough to get in the door. Were you really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, when they talk about the Button, you think it's going to be this beautiful room. Oh, and you no. go in there, and it's it's really not a beautiful room. It's it kind of not. a dump. But uh, it had great crowds. and Yes, it did. A lot of people danced, and it was an exciting place. I think it was on place. the corner of uh, A1A and Las Olas. Or, I, uh, I couldn't somewhere tell you there. where it was because we were only there for just a, a four-day stint, I oh, think. Uh, and then okay. we went back up to Indian Harbor Beach. They had a big club up there that we mm-hmm. played up there for a couple of weeks. And, and of course, so I met this girl while uh, we were down in Florida, and I went back to the heavy, heavy snow, and, and my phone's ringing off the hook from this girl that I met. And she says, you should move to Florida. You should just move to Florida. And and about a month later, it started really hitting me. I should really move to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I did end up moving to Florida and uh, had this uh, time with this girl. And uh, the music scene was so different down here. All they did down here was disco music. And I was really trying to become this, you know, trying to play this music just to make a living. And it was uh, it was irritating to me at the time. <laughs> and so I had this girl and, and uh, I'm not making any money. And, and she's complaining that, you know, well, you know, you're not playing. There's nothing really going on. You need to get a job. So I actually took a job at a computer place. It's called Harris Corporation. And I didn't know anything about the job, but I, I knew how to uh, talk a line of bull. And so <laughs> I, I interviewed. Baloney. That yeah, is. baloney. I, I had I had a, a pound in each Computers pocket. Computers or politics at that time, you know. So I, I, just, uh, I talked my way in and, and told them that I knew what I was doing. And they hired me. And then when I got in there, I just made friends with people that taught me how to do the job. I told them I knew how to do and uh, finally figured that out. But that was a time that I actually, uh, I sold all my gear. I like did not even have a keyboard. Wow. Yeah. And I had like nobody to talk to. I mean, you can't talk, you know, a factory worker sitting there and they're, they're putting the little feet on chips and testing them. And you go, Man, did you hear that new Doobie Brothers record? And they go, Doobie Brothers? I thought they were called Cheech and Chong. <laughs> <laughs> they, just, they just didn't, you know, they don't listen to music. They're not, they just put the radio on. That's all they did. Listen to their radio in the car and that's about it. And so so I, I started getting comfortable with that life, sort of kind of getting comfortable with it where I wasn't actually playing. I had a... Uh, uh, a beat up uh, baby grand piano in the garage I was trying to bring back to life and worked on it a little bit. But at that time, I was doing a lot of fishing, a lot of motorcycle riding and stuff like that. Just other things tied me up. And, um, and at that time, I, I think uh, when the band was real successful, um, in, in my head was gigantic is, is the time that I just kind of figured, I don't need God now. I'm on my own. Look at me, man. I'm making money. People love me. I got nice clothes. I play four or five nights a week. People are screaming for the band. They want our autographs, you know. 
Uh, we're selling records. We're doing really good. I don't need God. I'm, you know, I'm all done with that. And uh, so then it's weird that we went through that period where there was like no music, just the absence of music. It was. Mm. And when I look back now, I kind of think to myself, well, that was a gift I gave you a long time ago. And if you're not going to use it, then you're going to lose it. Yep. But I didn't think about that for a long time. So um, I'm living this this mediocre life, you know, paycheck to paycheck, you know, like a lot of people do. Living in a trailer, like a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And just going about my life, you know, thinking I'm in control. And um, this girl's uh, brother comes to town. And uh, we had a spare bedroom. And he can't stand... Uh, the mother, so he wants to stay over at our place with us, and uh, he has a fiance, and um, so we we go out and we have dinner and stuff like this, and, and right at dinner in front of the whole restaurant, she says grace and holds our hands. I am so embarrassed, <laughs> you know. People didn't do that at the time, you know, but no, uh-huh. this girl didn't care. She didn't care. So we get back home and I'm talking to her a little bit, and uh, and I'm telling her how you know. I don't really believe in God anymore. I mean, I, you know, he might be out there and stuff, but, you know, little old me, I don't really believe in God. And he, she says, uh, well, have you asked God to show himself to you? And I said, no, the, you know how busy this guy is, you know? I mean, if he's a guy, I mean, there's, you know, 8 billion people in the world. He's not going to hear my voice or listen to me. And she says, you know, he, he actually will. If, if you want God to show it show himself to you he will and you just ask him to show and i said well how do you do that she said well you i asked him for a sign i asked him for a a very specific sign that he would show me and i would know that it was god and i remember going to bed that night and uh, still had a pretty good size head on me and i said well yeah 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 okay god if you're out there I, i want something very dramatic i want thunder and lightning because that sounded like pretty good. God could do that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because he's all powerful, right? Sure. Yeah, he can. And there it is, right? So I'm, I'm looking out the window and, uh, of course, no thunder, no lightning, no no nothing, you know. And uh, and I doze off and I go to sleep. And I wake up in the morning in uh, another day in the, uh, the boring life of Mike Loman, you know, getting ready to go back to the factory to work. So I grab a cup of coffee. I walk out, I sit down on the couch, look up at the TV set, and the price is right as on. <laughs> and the girls are in the background shaking thunder and lightning. Coinky <laughs> dink. It was like, I just stared at this and said, this is not happening. But it was then that then they started making the thunder sounds. So the the you know the one girl's got lightning going like this and the other girl's got a cloud going like that and I was cracking up saying so they're holding up signs yeah they're holding a lightning bolt uh-huh. and she's just shaking it back and forth so tell me God doesn't have a sense of humor that's what oh I'm thinking oh my gosh yeah I'm thinking he gave you thunder and lightning just not uh-huh. the way you thought you were going to get it he delivered it in the uh, atmosphere that I was in right you know <laughs> so when you think that you are gonna get what you want you're sometimes you're not going to get what you want Be- most of the time most of the time because yeah. at, least, at least the way you think yeah, yeah. Uh, the old story goes that uh 
man makes plans, God laughs. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so that that shook me up pretty good. And, and I told her, I said, I asked for a sign of thunder and lightning, and she spit her coffee out. <laughs> and you got a literal sign. <laughs> you did. You said sign. It was a sign. That's yeah, right. Yeah, it was a cardboard sign. So then... Uh, All the little details, right, Mikey? The yeah. little details. Yep. So a couple of days go by, and, and I'm not thinking much of it, and... and uh, and I'm thinking, yeah, that, well, that, it could have been a coincidence or it could have really happened. I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced yet. So I say, uh, I tell God, I, I would like one more sign from you. One more sign. And, and if you are all powerful, you can do this easy. I would like to see a group of elephants. Here's the terms of the deal. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm in charge, you know? Yeah, like, thank you. Are. So if you can do this, then maybe I'll like you again. So um, I, 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 in my private conversation, I say I would like to see, I would like to see elephants, thinking that it would never happen. So now I'm, I'm looking on TV, no elephants, you know, and I'm, I'm looking around where I am, and there's no elephants, and, and so it's, uh, it's Sunday afternoon, so the, the, the big weekend is going to the flea market. That was like the highlight of my week at that time. Oh yeah. <laughs> Wow, it was amazing. You can even buy tires there, you know, and popcorn. <laughs> so I'm at the flea market. It's so boring. There's a zillion people there. It's a million degrees. It's just everything is bad. And I come around a corner, and there's wooden elephants carved right in my face. And I just burst out laughing. <laughs> I would have too. <laughs> the only thing I could do is burst out laughing. And I said, I get it. You're here. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> that's just, that's something else. I mean, it was, it was the weirdest thing to come around that corner. Because you've seen, I mean, they're very elaborately carved out of mahogany. And there's like the daddy and the mommy and the baby, you know. Sure. And, and they're just sitting right there. And there's no way you can't, you can't see them. And, uh, and it, it it stirred me up pretty good. I mean, I think I broke out into a sweat a little bit. Wow. But then you, you, um, I kind of, I remember feeling warm inside after that. And I'm not sure what that was. I don't know if that, you know, but I, I kind of think to you, you know, to yourself, you think that that is just the Holy Spirit saying, I'm right here, man. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm right yeah, here. sure. And then shortly after that, uh, that entire life collapsed into a very deep hole. And the first thing I did is quit my job, cashed in my retirement money, bought a keyboard rig, and joined a band. <laughs> <laughs> a very uh, poignant career move right there, right? <laughs> I had to get I had to get my life back. I had to get my life back, absolutely. Fantastic. Where'd it go from there, Mike? What was your, your first job, so to speak? Um, oh, this is funny. I was the music director of an Elvis review. Oh, I never knew that. It was fun. <laughs> That's fantastic. It was fun. And uh, uh, we, we played at, you know, the local watering holes uh, from Ocala down maybe to Palm Beach and didn't make a lot of money, very young kids, couldn't play real well, but it was fun. The guy who did uh, Elvis, sometimes he, he would get a, a little full of himself too. And 
and they they don't turn it off, you know, and then it gets kind of comical. It really does. And then I actually met some guys over in uh, in Melbourne that were very very talented. We put a band together and and uh, had a real nice uh, four or five years over at the uh, the Hilton at Cocoa Beach. Had a band over there playing, you know. Just some nice stuff, you know, Pablo Cruz and Earth, Wind, and Fire. Well, there could be worse places to play. Than oh, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. And then, and then, and Ron the, John's down there, the big. Yeah, and then yeah. on Saturday and Sunday afternoons, we we played outdoors behind the Melbourne Hilton. Wow. And played to everybody on the beach. So I was working seven gigs a week, five wow. nights and two days. So I I was putting my pennies away and and uh. Up, updating my gear and stuff and and uh going to church a little bit not not as often as i should have but going to church a little bit and and then i i moved over here to uh to orlando and um it's 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 really something that when when you're in your own little area like the, the coco beach area where everybody knows you and you move 50 miles and nobody knows you Huh. And you know, you you go to a a, a jam night because that's the only way I can think of to meet people is to go to a jam night, and that's when the Blue Note was happening, mm-hmm. and Mahoney and the boys had that place every Sunday night, and I would go down there and ask, you know, hey, can I play piano? And they're like, who, who are you again? <laughs> <laughs> and say, so, you know, let me play a song, let me play a song. So uh, you'd get up and you play a couple of songs, and then um, I remember Mahoney saying to me, hey, listen. Uh, our guy's going to be out next week. You want to come and play the whole night with us over there? And uh, and so I ended up playing one night with him. And then a couple of weeks later, I'm in the House Shakers. I'm number 44, by the way. Wow. <laughs> and uh, th- that went on for quite a while. And uh, But, you know, you're not making any money. So I always had day jobs, you know, day jobs all the time. And then I lucked out and got a, a, a really good job at a music store, one of the better music stores in town where I actually liked going to work, mm-hmm. you know, it was fun sure. to go. And, uh, I got to meet a lot of different musicians there and, and, uh, I would demo the keyboards. I was doing selling pro audio and keyboards. And, uh, so I would demo the keyboards and then people can understand when you're demoing a keyboard, if you can play or not. And so I got a couple of good offers while I was there. And, uh, and then I got a phone call one night from, uh, uh Joe Trippy's wife. And uh, Joe Trippy uh, was out at the, uh, uh, what did they call Disney Springs years ago when they first opened? Downtown Disney? Downtown Disney. No, even before that. Oh, Pleasure, Pleasure Island. Island. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they had that big outdoor stage. Mm-hmm. And there's thousands of people out there dancing at this stage. And she calls me and she says, uh, listen, I need a keyboard player. And I said, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When's the gig? She says, uh, tonight. <laughs> wow. I said, uh, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. I'll be there. So I showed up, and uh, and that's when I met Linwood. And he was the music director for that band. And uh, I sat in with him for uh, seven months. Wow. <laughs> and uh, during that time, that's when uh, I met the guys from Dance Express. And um, a job opened at Dance Express. And that was corporate. So that's the difference between... Uh, you can work one night and make what the guys make for a whole week in a nightclub. 
because it's right. corporate stuff. Exactly. And so I, I didn't quite know how to react to that because I said, you're going to pay me how much to play <laughs> for three hours? Really? So um, I was on board for that. So I met this guy, who the leader of this band. His name was Gerald Casanova. And uh, his uh, family's from the islands. He was a very, very talented guy. And uh, we worked together for a year or so. And he said, uh, listen, you can come up and play church with me next Sunday. I said, I'm going to come? He goes, yeah. I said, isn't that a black church? He said, yeah. What's that got to do with it? I said, I don't know any of them songs. He goes, you don't got to know any of them songs. I'll teach them to you. So I show up at this little tiny church up in Sanford, and we're playing Earth, Wind, and Fire kind of grooves, and he's singing over it. It was so cool. Wow. And he had uh, some you know, some really good musicians from town up there with him at this little tiny church. And all of a sudden you discover that there's a whole nother world out there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Yeah. And it's, you don't need an audience because you're like playing for God. You're giving back that favor he did for you when you were 14. There's no better feeling. There's no better high. There's no better warm, fuzzy, whatever you want to call it as a musician than to play for Jesus, to play for Jesus. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it really is. And it's, uh, it's, it's hard to describe to, to guys that haven't done it or when people first come in to try it. And I try to explain to them because now I've been doing it like 20 years I've been doing it. Mm. And, uh, it's it's not rock and roll it's music but it's it's not rock and roll it has a a, so much more weight to it you know and so much more emotion to it and dynamics in it and it uh it's uh it's storytelling with music is what it is and that's what it feels like to me and so um i remember uh moving out to claremont and my daughter my first daughter was born and we asked a lot of people out in this little neighborhood we lived in, you know, where's a good uh, daycare to to put our daughter? And they all said, oh, you got to go to FUMC. They've got this best little program there for for little kids. And so we went over there and, and uh, we met the pastors and we met the people at school. And we liked them immediately. We really liked them. And we were shopping around for a church at the time. And I'm still driving all the way to Sanford. And then a couple other Sundays, I'm driving all the way down to City of Life to play with that band down there because that was just a tremendous, really, really good band. And uh, so once we uh, met all the people at FUMC, we we just connected to them right away. They're just mm-hmm. they're just they're just real people, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the pastor, he's just like the guy that lives next door, you know. Well, he is. He he really is, and. Um, I mean, he's just a blue jean wearing dad, you know, just like me. And so um, they they had a music program over there. And I said, I'd, I'd like to come over there and kind of mess around a little bit. And they said, well, we already have a piano player. And I said, well, I'm not really like a piano player. I'm more of like a keyboard player. I play the parts that, the, you know, the piano doesn't play, the, the organs and the strings and the pads and the stuff like that. And st- then I started really enjoying the uh, the Christian music because they were playing some contemporary music that was really nice and wow. I enjoyed that. And time went on and people changed and people went in and people went out and and then uh, we had we had Angelo Bellastero here for a while and he had a couple records out and when they were looking for somebody I was friends with Angelo and I played at a couple of churches with him 
And, uh, and I knew they were looking for somebody, but they wanted somebody with a degree. They wanted somebody qualified. It was a big church. They didn't want just anybody walking in there trying to do this. Sure. So uh, I called him and, and told him about that. And he said, well, I'd like to go out there and meet them. And, and I said, well, once you meet these people, you're going to like these people. So he came in and met and he liked it. And uh, he's just he's just great. He had a thing. Uh, his parents owned the Paradise Theater at that time. This was many years ago. And they would have a, uh, they called it Metropolis. And they did uh, Christian, I mean, heavy, heavy striper and that kind of stuff, you know, heavy music with a mm -hmm. big band. They had like eight people down there, uh, Angelo Gennati playing guitar. Uh, I mean, just great people playing. He, he's got a big B3 down there, a couple of Leslie's hooked up to it, screaming, the place is packed full of people. And uh, so he came to our church. And he started uh, working over there, and I started working with him. And uh, we did get loud, and, and we did kind of overgrow that, because you know how the sanctuary is. We kind of overgrew that space. And and uh, and God provided this money and these people in place because the church was growing because we're playing this contemporary music, and I think people were really liking it because we started filling up. And um, so we ended up making that new building, the Wesley Center back there. And we moved into there and we were like in heaven that we were in this big building. And then after a few years, he wanted to move on and do something more. And, and he had his own family and his kids and and they had some uh, some sickness in their family and, and he wanted to go on and move. And, and I remember Pastor Doug coming to me saying, um, listen, we're going to look for another director, you know, like Angelo. Um, do you think you can hold it together for... Uh, a couple of weeks until we find somebody. And I said, yeah, I'll try to do that for you. And that was uh, 13 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> a couple weeks. That sounds like pastor. I know it. <laughs> it was 14 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my, my little kid that went to school there at four is now 20. She's 20 years old. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and the time flies, man. Time flies. But uh, right now it's a uh, having you there. I mean, when 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 you came in as a drummer, I thought, wow, this is cool. I got a really good drummer now, you know, because we had just, you know, we had some kids and they were okay. But you know, a seasoned musician plays so much different than a, a kid that's just banging. You know, that just has too much energy. You used to say that uh, you enjoyed my style because I was a long sticker, and I never knew what he meant by that. But then when you showed me what a long sticker was, I'm like, oh, yeah, I absolutely do play like that. Yeah. It's more of a relaxed, yeah. long, hold the stick way back there. And you, yeah, Steve Gadd does that, Steve too. Gadd, the, yeah. the sticks, they There's look like they're three feet example. long. classic example, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I started out playing just for Awaken. And I, I had never even been to a contemporary service, but I remember walking into the end of one and I heard Melody Joy and I was, I was blown away. Yeah. I said, whoa, does that girl have a set of pipes? Absolutely. And I went, man, this, this is amazing. I mean, the hair up went on, on my arms and I'm going, holy smokes, what am I walking into? This is a Methodist church. <laughs> well, she was, uh, she was in my band for a few years. Right, I know that now, and she and, did the uh, cruise with you and yeah, stuff like she that. was like eighteen when she came in the first time to fill in for somebody, and and uh, she brought her mom with her because she's getting in this corporate band with all these old men, you know, and here she is, eighteen years old. So she brought her mom to feel comfortable, and, and it was cool. And she seemed really shy until she got on that stage, 
And then she just took control of that stage. But I remember flying back from either L.A. or Denver, someplace like that. Um, we were both in uh, the, the uh, exit seats. I was on the left and she was on the right. And I was kind of snoozing a little bit. And, uh, and then I look over and she's got uh, a journal open in her lap and a Bible open in her lap. And she's on her phone and she's writing stuff down. And so this goes on for like an hour. She's, you know, reading this Bible. And so I'm thinking, she's connected, you know, this this is a girl that is connected to the Bible, connected to God. So I jump over and sit next to her and I go, so you're a Christian? She goes, oh, yeah. She goes, are you kidding me? She says, I couldn't live a day without God. And I said, oh, would you come and sing at wow, church? That's quite the answer. I know. Wow. I, she goes, uh, my mother and father were worship leaders, so I've been in church since I'm a little baby. Oh, wow. Yeah. So her mom's a singer. Her dad is a percussion player and a bass player. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's just a little bitty guy. He's, he's so much fun, though. <laughs> so I said, uh, I would love to have you come sing at my church. Um, uh, because I, I actually had the director shoes on by that time. And um, I was kind of scrambling, trying to find people to, because I'm not a lead singer. So I'm trying to find people to sing for me, you know, to, to do these songs and, and keep this church going and, and making sure that we're at the same level that is, you know, that it's been set at. And she said, I would love to come and do that. So I remember going back to the meeting with pastor and telling pastor, she's going to come sing. Will you hear this girl sing? She's going to change your life. Well, I said that for, it was actually 17 months later. <laughs> Talk about God's timing. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but 17 months later, she showed up for her first Sunday. Wow. 17 really long months. I bet. In fact, Pastor used to say, does she really exist? Are you making this oh, up? Oh, I can hear him saying that. Can you that say that? Most, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's talking about this Melody Joy again, like she actually exists. I think he just made the name up. He's, he's just buying time. They still talk about when you and Bo used to talk about me all the time in the meetings and, and pray for me about my job and yeah. stuff like that. And oh, yeah. It, it, there's nothing worse than being in a job that somebody's got you around your throat. Yeah. <laughs> so she came on board. Um and uh, th that really changed. I mean, everybody that was in the band at that time, they like their jaw hit the floor and said, wow. So we can't just play four chords anymore, can we? We, we have to actually start digging in and playing some, some really good quality music because now we have this girl that can, that can really sing. And, and we started doing some Jesus culture. Mm. And the church like lost it. Wow. They didn't know how to, uh, you know, because we were doing Christian music, but we were doing a, a lot of Chris Tomlin, uh, Elevation Worship, stuff that was pretty mellow. And so when we started doing Jesus Culture, Planet Shakers, you know, Young and Free and stuff like that. And I remember going to a, a conference over at, uh, what's the big church that's right uh, across not real life, the one over on the other side, community. Yeah, it's... Um, Family Christian Family Center. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, got, we got invited to do a, a Friday night concert there. They had four different bands. And we went in there um, and did our sound check in, in Lindsay uh, Montgomery was uh, 
taking care of the show and putting all the bands together and everything. And we finished our set and he walked up and he said, they're letting you play that at a Methodist church. And I said, they love it. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't believe it now, would they? No, but you know, at the Methodist church, they, they did a lot of really blended, soft praise music. And, and I like that, but, but, um, the worship stuff, um, kind of speaks for itself, but the praise music is the stuff that I love. Oh yeah. The banging stuff, the stuff that's mm -hmm. just saying how great God is and thank you. Yeah. That's the stuff that I just love it. I play it all day. And I've noticed a lot of the traditional folks coming over Yeah, for the yeah. 930. Yeah. We have a lot of the older folks over there and they, they, they love the music. They connect to it. Uh, they like the energy level of it. And uh, it has come up quite a bit in just the last few months. And, and I think uh, the music that they're writing now, I mean, I remember the first time listening to the, the Young and Free record. And, uh, and I, I set it down and I said, well, I don't think we're going to be able to play any of that stuff. It's, it's very, very overproduced. And, and it almost sounds like the radio. Wait a minute. It sounds like the radio. Maybe that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to take the music that's already on the radio and put a message in it. Yeah. Hey, that's a great idea. That was always my excuse back in the day, Mike. I always used to say, ah, I don't listen to Christian music. When it gets as good as secular music, I'll listen to it. Exactly. You know, when somebody that sounds like Steely Dan comes out, I'll listen to it. Exactly. Yeah. And that don't have that excuse anymore. I mean, no. there's just... You know, any genre, you know, worship, praise, anything, it's as good, if not better, oh, than I, a lot of the secular bands out there today. I agree. I agree. Um, and, and it has a true message. It's not just about, you know, my girlfriend, Jane. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's about, you know, God changed my life or when people think that there's something wrong with them, you know, because they don't fit in, you know, be like yeah. the cool kids. Now, how big was that song? I want right. to be like the cool kids. Exactly. Wow. So I'm just, uh, I'm real happy to be there. I have uh, the most amazing volunteers right now. Um, Absolutely. The, one of the best squads I've ever. Yeah, me too. I'm loving it. Yeah. But but I got to say, if you weren't sitting in the booth, I don't think any of it would be happening the way it's happening right now. Oh, so. I appreciate that, Mike. I, I take no credit. I've got a team as well that is around me and I give them all the credit. I give the Lord Jesus Christ the credit. He's just used me to kind of uh, be a bridge between, you know, because when I came there, you know, let's face it, there was the band and then there there was the tech team. Oh, yeah. And never the two shall meet. Yeah, it was the sheriff of the <laughs> and, band. Uh, right. And and I think that I, God used me to kind of bridge that gap, and he's still using me to kind of bridge the gap between the traditional side and the Wesley side. And, and a good indication of that was was Christmas Eve. I, I thought that the collaboration between us and them is, um, and in case you're wondering, we have almost like three different cultures going on at this church. Absolutely. We have the traditional side, we have the contemporary, and then we have Awaken, which is geared more towards young and, and uh, college and young adult kind of thing. And with those three cultures becomes a quite an interesting <laughs> dynamic. And Lately, I've noticed that that they're all coming together as one church. 
and it's great. It's just awesome to see. But but thank you, Mike. I, it's a privilege to work with you and your team and the, the pastors. I mean, gosh, I can't say enough good about Pastor Doug. Yeah, that me too. He's like the solid. greatest, the greatest yeah. boss ever. Would re- you say he was just a a, a dad, just a, a jeans wearing dad, jeans wearing dad? You know, he, he <laughs> How, doesn't wear that's classic. Yeah, he doesn't wear the, the khaki baggy shorts that all the guys wear at Home Depot. You know, he <laughs> he just wears jeans like a guy. You know, like yeah. like we do. We just wear jeans. So, but <laughs> but I'll never forget. I, I I made a huge mistake once, and he closed the door in his office. He looked at me. He goes, "Don't do that again." That was the end of it. <laughs> Pretty cool boss to do that. Yeah. Pretty cool boss. He's a sweet man. Yeah. That he is. Everybody there. But I remember the, um, I do remember the first time that we played Alive by Young and Free. I thought they were going to jump out of the booth like a bad movie. <laughs> 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 because they just weren't used to that much energy. Yeah. And and Melody Joy was there for that. And uh and everybody was trying to keep up with it. And and now it's like, you know, that's one of the older songs that you can play in your sleep. And there's some great stuff coming out. In fact, I spent yesterday afternoon all day listening to uh, some new music for trying to find some something um, very substantial songs for Easter. Because Easter time is when we want to celebrate, uh, you know, the risen Christ and, and the cross and, and the reason that we're free. And that that's like the biggest moment, you know, when we all became free like that. Absolutely. And um, so I want to, you know, find some, some really good music to put in there for that. And do Amen something to that. Fresh, something fresh. Between you and Bo, I know you'll do it. Yeah. Bo's a riot, man. I love it. So I know musicians think so differently. Um, you know, at least that's been my experience. Like musicians, you almost, your emotions are part of your thinking. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Especially in the music. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the, the music is uh, an extension of, I mean, we could, we could talk to each other. Sometimes I'll mess with him. Uh, Fritz will get there early and I'll get there early and I'll, I'll turn on the piano and, and I'll play, and I can play one type of music, and he'll be like all dancing around and jazzy, and <laughs> and then I'll play another type of music, and he's like marching, you know? <laughs> That's the truth. Oh, no, I can visualize. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you have had the privilege of visualizing that, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, because I think that the, the whole music thing, what... What my the musician friends that I had that I highly respected musicians, most of them say the same thing. You don't pick the music, the music picks you. Mm-hmm. So you're part of the music. It's not. It's not a job or a career. It's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. When you're a musician, you live a different kind of lifestyle. You really do. Yes. And um, my my daughter, she'll she'll go into school. She's fourteen, and. Uh, we listen to a lot of music at my house and, you know, we love Motown music and seventies mm. music oh, and eighties. How can you right not? Can you up not my man. channel, right? Up my channel. Love and that. So the, the teachers will be playing music like that and, and Lila will raise her hand and say, Oh, that's, you know, sugar pie, honey bunch by the four tops. Mm-hmm. And the teacher went, how do you know that? She says, Oh, uh, my dad's musician. <laughs> Have you ever seen Lila? 
Yes, I've seen his Oh, she's his adorable. Kids. She's yeah. like a little doll. You yeah. just kind of pick her up and She is. She's super cute. Oh, oh she's a uh, she's amazing. She's great. And his other daughter's uh, quite the drummer. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, she's yeah. she's wow. become quite a drummer. She, she really is. is. Um I I I got a I actually started off on drums. I was a drummer when I was a teenager. Wow. And then uh, my best friend Joey down the street played drums. My best friend Bobby up the street played drums and my other friend Kenny downtown played drums. It seemed like the <laughs> default instrument. It kind of you... seemed like yeah because any monkey can do it, right? Right. Right. That's why you do it, right? That's right. Okay. <laughs> monkey I am. So then we started a band. We had two drummers and no singers. And Bob says, "You sang in the choir? Can't you sing?" Black is Black by Rolling Stones. I said, I don't know. Strike it up. I'll try it. And next thing I knew, I was a singer in front of a band. Isn't that crazy? I don't know throughout this whole story, Mike, there's one reoccurring theme as you never say no. Anything somebody threw at you. Yeah, I'll be there. Why not? Well, you mean tonight? Okay. Give I'll, it a try. I'll try it. Why not? Sure. So I know this is hard to do, but I would love the listeners to hear this because Again, like I was saying, to me, musicians' feeling and emotion is so much a part of their experience. And I don't know if you can put it into words, but I know no. music speaks to you enormously. But there seems to be a transition from when you were in the world and you were kind of living in the world. And then all of a sudden you kind of discovered church music and you discovered Christian music and it yeah. started speaking to you. Can Absolutely. You, can you tell me like how that changed your life? Well, for, for the longest time, I thought that because I practiced for hours and hours and hours a day to get better, I wanted to be the best at what I was doing, um, that I owned my talent. And I didn't realize that it was a gift to me. Everybody has a gift. And um, it has come to me easily very easily for me to play play drums play guitar play keyboards and um so i'm just thinking that hey i'm really good at this but later after you know a, a long distance unrelationship with god being on my own being by myself being lonely being beat down and i mean i don't want to get too personal but i i got pretty beat down I mean, very beat down and coming back to God and then realizing the the only reason he gave me that talent was to do what I'm doing right now. And playing in the bands, that's just my hobby. That's like playing golf or fishing. That's just hanging with the boys. That's my other small group. Uh, and our small group's been together 22 years, I think. We've been together. But um, yeah, realizing that 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 it was actually a gift and that's why it came so easy to me because god said you're going to do this for me this is your gift mm -hmm. and enjoying it and i i don't care where i'm playing or when i'm playing i try to always say every note for you jesus you gave me this talent this is for you mm -hmm. somebody needed to hear that right mm -hmm. there i'm gonna yeah. tell you right now yeah. that was powerful and you'll know it you'll know it because you'll You'll just start playing and you'll just, you'll just feel it. It's oh yeah. Just an emotional thing. And, and it'll, you know, you definitely recognize the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. I, I can't tell you how many times <clears throat> listening to, you know, I, I go to real life and even other venues that time and again, someone 
as they're praising and worshiping or singing or playing or whatever, leading, whatever else, all of a sudden it, they just get hit and they start weeping. I've seen it many times and I just couldn't imagine that feeling. I really feel that music transcends people because it speaks to them on a spiritual level. Well, and they, they always, they call it the universal language. Absolutely. And that it is. And like you said, I agree with that a thousand percent. Yeah. And I feel for musicians, it transcends them even more like differently than just ordinary people like me, because I, I see the connection musicians have. It's very hard to put into words. It's almost like a visual thing that you see happening. Well, it's, yeah. it's funny. You can be in a crowd of people and the, the one musician will walk through and you go, yep, that's him. And am I right? Oh, absolutely. Spot on. You can spot another musician. I don't know if it's the way we dress or comb our hair or how we walk across the the floor vibe i don't know what it's it is, just but, a, a uh, kind of a vibe thing and you can tell and then if you meet somebody for the very first time and you have seven words ten words with them you can tell right away if this guy is a serious musician or if he just owns a guitar you know right you can tell right away just just by the way they talk to you and then you can also tell if it's some egotistical crazy person that hmm. loves himself yeah really really good musicians are are very humble, kind of like the uh, the black belt that you never want to find out that he was a black belt. Mm -hmm. You know, the quiet one in the corner. Exactly. And uh, exactly. But uh, yeah, you're absolutely right, babe. That's a, a good observation. Man, what a great show. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It was such a pleasure having you on, Mike. Thank you so much. Oh my for gosh, coming. Well, I'm glad all night. Man. I know we could. We could. It was a, a lot of fun being over here. This is uh, such a cool studio. I really like it. I'm so glad you got to come, and um, hopefully uh, we'll get to spend some more time together in here and uh, produce a few tunes. Yeah, yeah, we've got to. Uh, yeah, we got to do a couple remixes here and there and get some stuff going. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This is. Uh, I'm trying to do 2020. I'm trying to. You know, I've been writing that album for like 10 years, right? So I told myself 2020, I'm going to at least try to get an EP out with at least maybe four or five songs on it. So I got to get my singer friends lined up here so I can get them in the studio to do some vocals for me on some of the songs that I've written. I think when Nancy gets uh, gets 100%, I've got her discs and we're going to start on a little project for her, hopefully. Oh, very good. Very good. Yeah, well, so. I just love the intro that you wrote for GSR. Oh, that was fun. Oh, you took the words out of my mouth. Uh -huh. I'll tell you what. <laughs> those I of you all it. that have listened to the show for quite some time have heard the intro and the outro that we play. And that was written by this gentleman. And we so appreciate that. And I've had yes, people contact me and go, hey, can I get a copy of that? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it might be out in the summertime. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, but it was it was funny. Um, I can't remember. I, I think Gage was there and he was just banging on the drums, just banging the speed on the drums. So I started playing that chord change. And he comes running up. He goes, what is that? What is that? I love that. What is that? And I said, oh, that's just a little mic. And he goes, oh, that is the coolest thing, man. I like that. Did you record that? Is that your song? Did you write that? And I said, yeah. And he goes, oh, I would love to have a song like that. And so the next week I was off and I locked myself in the studio and put the song together and brought it to him to rehearsal the next week. And he listened to it and he just, you did that in a week? 
And I said, yeah, it took a lot of time. <laughs> There's a lot of mistakes in there. But he took it as it was. Oh, yeah. and, and uh, We love it, and we've used it ever since. Yeah, And, and it just... was fun to do. It's fun to do. It, it's fantastic. There's something about it, you know, that really just, it just gets you. It's just a happy vibe, man. It is. You, you can't not move when you listen to that. And then yeah, when the, gotta... the B3 kicks in, you just want to get saved. And I you mean, call it uh, Chunky Monkey, is that correct? Funky Chunky. Funky, funky Chunky. Funky Chunky, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Funky, chunky. Yeah, because it's kind of chunky, but it's a little bit funky. It is. <laughs> it is very funky. And I love what he did with the outro. I mean, so, but anyway, listen, I want to uh, say hello to everybody on Mixler tonight that's been hanging out with us. Mr. Jay Calhoun, Mr. Lee Phillips, welcome, and uh, thanks for hanging out with us. And Hey, Jay, miss you, bro. Yeah, <laughs> we do miss you, Jay. I hope you're doing well over at the real estate. And you don't have people that come in and say realtor. <laughs> so anyway, we miss you, buddy. Uh, stop in and visit sometime. We'll get some donuts or something. But but I do want, want to close out by saying that uh, uh, Fritz has made my job so much easier because now I only have to worry about one thing, playing the keyboards. That's nice. That's so nice. Yeah. It really is. Because I, I had... 40 hats on before you showed up. And I tell you, it's a million dollar grin up there when he's on both the keyboards like this and he's spread out and he's, <laughs> it's, it's a million dollar grin and I love it. I absolutely love it. So, well, man, what a great show. Thanks again for coming, Mike. And oh, my uh, pleasure. My pleasure. Listen, if you got a testimony you want to share, drop us a line at God stories, radio at gmail.com. If you'd like to be a guest, as uh, like Mike is tonight, drop us a line at God Stories Radio Tina at gmail.com, and my wife will be happy to schedule you to come in with us, and we'll visit and talk about stuff, have a great time like we did tonight. What else can they do, Mikey? They can tweet us. They can tweet us on the Twitter, and uh, like us on the Facebook, and keep up with everything GSR. We we post uh, all the new podcasts there and prayer requests and everything GSR, so... We just uh, appreciate everybody praying for us, supporting us, and uh, uh, we just look forward to what God has for us in 2020. I can't wait. Just make sure you keep your eyes open for that thunder and lightning. Yeah. <laughs> Amen to that, Mike. You mentioned prayer requests. I do have one. Okay. Remember our brother, uh, Dan? Yes. And his wife, Danielle? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they just found uh, a spot. Well, let's um, let's waste no time. And, I love it. Uh, I think that's that's the archers, right? Is yes. that what you're talking about? Oh, yes. Okay. And uh, she's been battling some stuff. both of them. Yeah. I mean, it was a hell he of a. He had year. open heart surgery not not too long ago, and she had cancer just Good before that. Gravy. So they just found a spot uh, on her liver, and um, let's just lift them up, Mikey. Just just go for it. There's a couple of other people I'd like to join in on that well, okay. too. Um, so we had some listeners that had, had written in also, um, a listener by the name of Lee Phillips. So, um, you know, her husband's been going through a lot. So Lee's just, online with us right now. That's He's awesome. Listening. Yeah. Um, so I just like to lift up her husband, um, for some prayer. Uh, they've been going through a tough time and they could truly use some prayer right now. Absolutely. And then um, also for our dear co-host, Trish. You bet. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. And Trish is going to hopefully try to join us on our GSR Rewind show. I hope so. I, I hope, hope so, so, too. Yeah. We'll get her here somehow, mm -hmm. some way. Make it happen. Mikey, you want to you wanna pray for us? I can, uh, I can start it, sure. Let's do it. Father, 
you are the healer and the comforter, Father. We are lifting Danielle up to you, Father, right now. And we ask that you heal Danielle, Father, as she has already gone through a, a bunch and enough of stuff, Father. Um, give the doctors the wisdom and the the ideas and the tools and the and whatever it takes to make her well, Father, that spot on her liver, Father. We need, we're asking and we're lifting Daniel up to you, Father, for that healing in Jesus' name. Father, I just want to pray for Lee, and you know uh, what's going on there, Father, and I just uh, pray for your perfect will to be done in that situation, Father, and uh, uh, I just pray for a good resolve there. I pray for Trish, Father, that you'll strengthen her and just... Uh, anoint her to keep going father and to to persevere and, and keep trying and to keep getting up every day i also father want to pray about this coronavirus father because uh with this widespread panic that's going on and everything that the media creates father mm-hmm. lord i just have one request if you know i don't know what your will is and something like this and it's it's sometimes hard to pray about it but lord have your will and in your will, if it's not part of your will, then I ask that you eradicate it and you destroy it in the name of Jesus. And I thank you so much, Father, that we can pray, that we have this platform to pray for people and encourage Mm -hmm. and bring hope around the world. Thank you for GSR, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So if you're a praying person out there, please lift up uh, Danielle when you think about it and Trish and Lee Phillips. Amen to that. This was 2.36? Yes, 2.36. (laughs) (laughs) I just had to make fun of myself there. It just felt better. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. We love you guys. That about wraps it up for session 2.36. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. God bless. God bless. bless.